Welcome to Sheer Jeshub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the series on Heavenly Authority. We pick up the study this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. Remember, Eli is the high priest at Shiloh. His sons were told their names back in chapter 1, verse 3. The two sons of Eli are Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord. So he's the high priest, his sons are priests of the Lord. And it tells us here, verse 12, that they were corrupt. And we're going to see in this next section the contrast in character between the sons of Eli, the high priest, and the boy Samuel. Remember, the priests are in a very exalted position in the sense that they are the spiritual leaders of the people. They are the ones that bring the sacrifices before the altar. They are the ones that minister at the tabernacle in the holy place. Eli is the one that goes in one time a year into the most holy place. They represent God to the people. They teach the people. And they turn around and they represent, they stand before God for the people. They are in a high position of authority. And yet it says that these sons of Eli were corrupt. And that word there, corrupt, literally in the Hebrew is sons of Belial. Sons of Belial. And Belial means in Hebrew, worthless, without profit, destruction, wickedness. So these are sons of worthlessness, sons of destruction, sons of wickedness. The expression sons of Belial, which you'll have translated in the word corrupt, is an expression that designated a person as godless or lawless. And so it's often translated corrupt, perverted, scoundrel, or worthless men. And sometimes the name Belial takes on the form of a proper name. In Nahum, Nahum chapter 1, and verse 15 it says, Nahum chapter 1 verse 15, Behold on the mountains the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace. O Judah, keep your appointed feasts, perform your vows, for the wicked one shall no more pass through you. He is utterly cut off. And where it says there, for the wicked one, the expression is one of Belial. And it's another name for Satan. The wicked one, Belial, Satan. So it becomes even a proper name. That's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, Paul says, And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, 
And Belial is obviously a proper name for Satan. So these sons of Eli were corrupt. They were sons of Belial. They were sons of worthlessness. Really, they're behaving as sons of Satan. Remember, Eli himself uh, is a pious man whose service to the Lord otherwise seems unblemished. And we saw how God heard Eli's blessing upon Hannah for the child Samuel. But Eli has a problem with his sons. He has no control over Hophni, no control over Phinehas. They have not followed in his faith, and instead we'll see they're filled with graft and irreverence and immorality. And he is far too lax with them. Far too lax. We'll see probably next time how he chastises them. But he's too lax, especially, especially, especially given the importance of the position of authority that they are in for the whole nation of Israel and the fact that they are representatives of the Lord. It's not just having wild children. It's not just having a child that's going away from God. These men are placed in a position of authority, standing as representatives of Yahweh before the people. And so the burden is much greater. And the need for responsibility on Eli's part to correct them or remove them is greater. Because what they will do will affect all of Israel. And it's an important point of authority. There's no place to play when it comes to authority to have people that are in greed and immorality, that are sons of worthlessness, that are sons of Belial, that are sons of Satan. Let's read about them. The sons of Eli, verse 12, were corrupt. Look, they did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. Religious corruption. Imagine a priest of Yahweh, his representative to teach the people and to make the sacrifices for them before the Lord, and he doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know him. Hophni doesn't know him. Phinehas does not know him. They're just in that position. And you think about the modern condition of some religious institutions and some religious leaders who may have tremendous credentials from seminaries and universities, who stand up in front of the people, they say the words, they'll say liturgical words, they'll pronounce blessings. Some may even preach from the Bible, though many will avoid the Bible. But they may even preach from the Bible, they'll mention the Lord Jesus, but they don't know him. They don't believe in him. To them, maybe it's a career. To Hophni and Phinehas, their father was the high priest. And so, by the lineage of Leviticus, they should be priests, but it's more of a lineal thing, it's more of a career path. They're in this position, and it's a powerful position. And in modern religion, some are in the position of leadership as ministers or priests, simply as a career, not because they know the Lord. They could be ministering to the people and not know him. It could be a family tradition to have somebody in the ministry. 
You know, one will be a doctor, one can be a lawyer, one can be a minister. They're all powerful positions. Some may want to do some social good. And so they play the role. And they'll say in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, they don't know him. But they play the role as an actor because they'll accomplish some social good. Well, the Greek word for actor, Jesus would use over and over again in the New Testament. It's hypocrite. Many may have believed once, but they don't believe now. And yet they see great power that they have over the people. The people come to them, they say, reverend or rabbi or father. And they like that position. They like being respected in a certain way. And maybe some never believed, but they desire, they saw the power that someone in religious authority has, and they want that. These two men have a lot of power. As the main religious system in Israel, as the only real authority structure in Israel apart from the judges, as the place where everyone has to go for the sacrifices, they have tremendous position and power. And so they enjoy that even though they did not know the Lord. And they may not care to know the Lord. And that's the danger of authority. The pitfall so symbolized in Hophni and Phinehas, in the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the chief priests and the Sanhedrin. It's the pitfall or the shortcoming of institutional religion and also any lineal or inherited authority. Because it's not enough for your parents, for Eli, to believe. They have to have the same faith as Eli if they are to stand in that position of authority. Sometimes modern ministers will quote a grandfather or a great-grandfather who attained the position in ministry who really believed, who was a fiery preacher, and they'll respect him because, well, in his day that was acceptable, but they've gotten so much more intelligent that they're beyond that. And they'll speak of his faith, but they know more. They know the Bible's not true. They know evolution is true. And so they're such intellectuals that they won't believe like great-grandpa. But they'll bring him up because in his paradigm, look what he did. They're hypocrites. They don't have his faith. And yet they stand in his position, and they let themselves be called ministers of Christ, but they do not know who Christ is. They need to know Christ even as their grandfather knew him. It's not enough that Eli believes they too must believe, or their position is a sham. More than that, it's a disgrace. It's an affront to God. And one would think that common sense should dictate that if they don't know the Lord, they should leave, or they should get out. You know, most people, when they're unbelievers, I don't know about you, but I know when I was an unbeliever, I didn't want to hear about all the religious stuff. But there's a sense that when you meet someone like that on the street, there's a sense of honesty to them because they don't believe and they express they don't believe. But these people don't believe and yet they place themselves in a position where whenever they speak, they have to speak about the things of God. And you would think that just a day-in, day-out burden of saying something connected to something you don't believe in would drive them out of the pulpit, would drive them out of the church. But no, like Hophni and Phinehas, they stay. 
And you marvel when you say they think Jesus is a mere man or they don't believe in the atonement, they don't believe in the resurrection, and yet they stay in that pulpit. And they'll say in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then seek to change or destroy the pillars of the church from within. And in their seminaries teach the Bible is not the word of God. It's not literal. We can get some good ideas from it to teach the people that they don't have to take it seriously. It's all allegorical. They try to change and destroy from within, and at the same time they're being called ministers or priests or leaders of some type of Jesus Christ. You would think they'd get out, but they don't. They don't know him, nor do they care to know him. They're unbelievers. But the power, the position, the perks they enjoy, that feeds their pride, it's too hard to give it up. And so like Hophni and Phineas, they stay when you would think common sense would drive them away, just having to constantly say the name of him in whom they don't believe. This is a good point at which to end our study today. If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jashub.